Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host Stevie Fizz. Today we are talking regression candidates. That's right, some players who I think will regress in 2024 after... Well, maybe not a stellar 2023, but certainly a 2023 in which they overperformed due to their performance within the team confines. So we've sort of talked about market share a little bit over the few years, the last few years. And it's the idea is that there's only so much you can do within the team structure. Like there's only so many amount of possessions you can kick, so many goals you can kick, so many tackles you can lay, etc., etc., within the confines of the team before, you know, you have to regress the next year. And overperformance can come in a variety of ways, like it can be uh, in defense, like everything runs through you, uh, you can be a complete unicorn player. That's, that's a thing that can happen and you can perform. You can outperform the threshold where regression sets in year on year. Uh, that's an interesting one in terms of what happens with injury. Uh, and that's purely anecdotal. You can't really predict injury, but those players who do perform to that level often do end up injured. Clayton Oliver being one this year. And just, you know, uh, lack of quality teammates around you would be another one. Uh, f- forwards get it through shots on goal. We've seen that. Um, but in saying that, like you can perf- outperform the, the regression threshold, like, and, and continue on the next year. I have seen that. Uh, Jake Lloyd being a classic example where he, he, uh, shouldn't have been as good as he was. And then he was even better the next year before he came crashing back to earth. Uh, that was a few years ago. Obviously, you sort of normalized a bit this year, but I sort of think it's a, it's an interesting theory and it's starting to permeate through the fantasy, I want to say community in terms of how this stat is understood. It's certainly something that's been prevalent in uh, NFL fantasy for a few years and it has its place, I think, as we adopt it to fantasy football in Australia, it's it's probably going to be one of those things that continually evolves because the game continually evolves in Australia. And, you know, certainly if you look at uh, football 20, 30 years ago, people weren't laying eight tackles a match. Simon Black was laying five and that was unheard of. And some of these, you know, gun midfielders of yesteryear like uh, Nathan Buckley and Robert Harvey, they were barely laying two per season, two tackles a game across the season. It's quite remarkable. You look at the way kicks have been distributed, it's sort of gone from the midfield to the defense. The defense is the big kickers of the football, as you'd expect with rebound footy and now that the kick-in is a stat, etc. So there's certainly lots of theories around these things and, and... Look, it's, look, I'm not a massive spreadsheet guy, um, but I have been able to nut out a few little, um, thresholds and, and there's a few players this year that certainly meet the required numbers to, to, to regress 
the following like next year. Last year was kind of funny. There was really only one or two players, I think, that fit it. The the, the thing was, when you're talking about uh, how you fit into a team performance, you can still get a role change and outperform from a fantasy perspective. Or the the tide can rise in terms of, let's say you kick the ball 15 times a game and the team kicked it 150 and you had a 10% share. Well, if the team starts kicking it 200 times a game and you kick it 16 times, your percentage has actually dropped, but you've increased the amount of kicks you have a game. So it's it's that kind of fine balance between what's sustainable and what's you know, bound for regression. So we'll walk that line. Well, we've got three players who clearly should regress. And, uh, you know, we, we think Sam Berry was a really easy one last year. And I know a lot of people just saw his fantasy score and saw his role and thought, oh, this guy's bound to shoot up the boards. But because his entire score was made of tackles, let's be honest, he was always going to come back a bit. Rory Laird was... In the same boat, just all tackles. Massive stoppage game at Adelaide. And, um, although Rory Laird was still massive for tackles. So, um, but just couldn't sustain the output from the year prior. Do want to talk a little bit first. Man, I've been enjoying the Bolter Cerveza beers. They are smashable. They are smashable. They're like a defenseless Melbourne player in terms of smashableness. Uh, so if you haven't had them, uh, certainly when it heats up, you just be able to rip through about 5,000 of those per, per session. Uh, the Bolter Surveys is a big, big fan of them. But anyway, onto the players. Uh, Luke Ryan is my first, uh, player. He really outperformed his value this year. Luke Ryan, uh, one of the great, great picks of the year. He, he slid. He's kind of been one of those guys who's been good, bad for fantasy. Uh, sometimes you get him on a good year. Sometimes you get him on a bad year. Sometimes, you know, he switches role and, uh, if he's a lockdown, he's kind of shitty. If he's free, he's kind of good. This year, he just absolutely fucking brained it. Absolutely brained it. Uh, the thing is, kick the ball at a massive clip. It's 9.3% of his team's kicks, uh, which is, you know, it, it hits the mark for me in terms of where you should regress from. Uh, interesting. If you look at, him and Jack Sinclair averaged the same amount of kicks, but Sinclair did it in a team that, uh, kick, you know, just had all the possession in the world. So Sinclair fits the model in terms of being able to continue what he does. Luke Ryan, uh, doesn't. So it was his best year by a mile for AFL fantasy up on his previous best of 87 per game from 2021 to 99 per game this year. Supercoach, he has been really good before. Uh, 2020, averaged 107 this year, 109. Uh, so, look, I mean, they want the ball in his hands, but it's just, it's it's so much of the ball. He averaged his mo- the most marks he's taken uh, per game. So he, he was just absolutely crushing this year. It shouldn't continue, but it's kind of funny because like Hayden Young's moved into the midfield at the end of the year, who you would have thought was a prime mover half half back. Uh, I'm not sure that continues. I think they've drafted a couple guys, uh, Matthew Johnson and Erasmus, who sh- should be starting to work through the midfielders. They sort of get a bit more quite, um, 
acquainted with the AFL system. Obviously, Sarong and Brayshaw are going nowhere. So it's going to be interesting to see Luke Ryan. He's probably a guy I'm not hot to draft. I think Hayden Young will get that. Oh, he moved into the midfield at the end of the year. Hype. Uh, not. I mean, he's a good player and all. Uh, I'm not sure what his fantasy outlook looks like, but I'm certainly not drafting Luke Ryan at this out average. I'm not sure he will get drafted that average because I think there's a bit of buyer beware with him over the years. Uh, he has, you know, being, you know, the, the 80 average and then drop back to 70, the 87. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a good player. Like, let's be honest, but he, he has his hot and cold spells, but um, certainly a fan of the player, but I'm not sure he can continue doing what he's been doing in 2023. Maybe he does. Maybe he does, but, uh, I mean, Freeman was such a funny team. Everyone sort of thought they were going to, um, you know, be be finals team this year, but didn't happen. They fell back down the ladder, and um, they're probably what sort of people thought St Kilda would be this year. There's, there's always teams popping up. And, and failing. That's that's what happens. Anyway, my next overperformer set for regression is the man from our very own Gold Coast Suns. That is Matt Rowell, who set the record for tackles in a season. Kind of funny that there wasn't many more season-long records set because of the extra game. I uh, sort of thought that would happen. But anyway, he averaged the 92 uh, a for fantasy points. That's a big 17 point jump on the previous year. 102 supercoach, which is 22 points better than last year. He was a good starting pick, um, especially in your supercoach formats. Got there with the tackles record, uh, averaged 14% of all tackles for your, mine, and our Gold Coast Suns. I think it was 8.3 a game. He certainly smashed it. Obviously, took Miller missed a massive part of that season. Uh, it's going to be interesting, again, with Gold Coast Suns, what happens. We know Damian Hardwick. The teams haven't exactly been the strongest tackling teams. Uh, Matt Real obviously has a lot of... Uh, he, look, he's a pressure player. He plays tackles. He does a team role, contested possessions, etc., etc., I would have thought as the number one pick, you had more strings to your bow than that. Uh, maybe he's just a consummate teammate, all that sort of thing. But I can certainly see a world where he drops back a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what they do under Hardwick. I can see Took Miller playing a bit more forward. Uh, we know the high half forwards have a lot of value in, in that Hardwick system. Obviously, you've seen at GWS this year. Uh, Daniels and Green and Bedford have become super, super important players for them. Uh, so I can see someone like a Took. It's, it's probably a weakness of the Suns, uh, that half forward line. So I could see Took Miller spending a bit more time there. Now you've got Flanders, Anderson, Rowell, who can really run through that midfield. Of course, you've still got Dave Swallow, the Jag, captain of the Jag himself. But yeah, and Matt Rowell is interesting because like the scores were good based on what you drafted him at, but it's, it's again, it's like Sam Berry. Uh, he shouldn't be as good again next year. And, um, it'd be interesting to see with Raul. I think he can get there in other ways. So maybe he doesn't fall away dramatically, but, um, it'll, time will tell. Time will tell with Raul. Uh, 
And the final player I want to talk about is James Sicily. James Sicily from the Hawthorne Footy Club was a great pick. I think we had him pretty highly rated, and I think a lot of people did, um, even though they've been cagey on Sicily over the seasons. Average 9.9 marks per game, which is just unbelievable. Wow, that is that is massive. That's the most marks per game we've seen from an average point of view. Uh, I think since 2016, and that was Nick Rewalt, just the endurance machine he was, able to get up and down the ground and just take all the marks in the world. 10.5% of all Hawthorne's marks. I mean, that is ridiculous, man. That is just flat-out fucking ridiculous. I can't I can't in good conscience be thinking he's going to continue that. The scores were just absolutely ridiculous. It was his best fantasy season uh, by a mile, like eight points better than anything before. That's 2022. He'd been super good. 2018, he'd been super good. Super coach, his best season by six points. Uh, he can't keep doing this. There's no way uh, that he can continue on this torrid pace. Like, I can't have it. Hawthorne, you would think maybe improve. They've got the list to do it. Um, they look okay. The most possessions he's had by a fucking mile. I mean, it has to, it has to slow down. There's no way he can continue at that pace. It's just unheard of. Uh, so I, I have Sicily just dropping. I and mean, look, it's fucking James Sicily, man. He'll get injured or rubbed out or something anyway. So yeah, they're my three absolute lay down Mazares. Errol Goulden actually sort of hits that 9% kick threshold. I'm not ready to write off Errol Goulden, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, some other dudes in that team were better and he fell back a bit, like Callum Mills, if you think he's going to get back to that 100-plus average. Uh, I know a lot of my mates love Chad Warner, super talent. I could see him popping up, and it has to come from somewhere. So I could see Goulden dropping back from his amazing season, like just fantastic season. So we'll get into the Twitter questions. Oh, sorry, just quickly, uh, because I know people sort of still tune into it. The marathon update, I ran, uh, so I had the week off where I thought I was injured, uh, took the week off, seems I'm not injured, uh, ran 30Ks, and uh, I was fucked. I was fucked, vomited a lot. Um, I, I don't usually drink. Uh, any liquids on my runs, but I was in down in Melbourne and I ran, so I was taking my gels every six Ks. Um, so I took four gels and I was, I had my car, so I knew I'd be running past service stations and train stations and shit like that. And I stopped in after like 18 Ks, grabbed a bottle of Powerade and um, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to carry this for ages. So I'll just rip through a whole heap of it and a whole heap of Powerade and gels in my guts. It just, it just didn't work, man. It just didn't work. And I was just, um, yeah, just having a massive fucking vom next to the train line, uh, near Seaford. And I ran a little bit more, ran a little bit more, had some more Powerade and just spewed, spewed this blue shit. And, um, I was like, oh man, I hope no one walks past and sees me. And I was like, man, you're at Seaford train station. I'm sure people have seen, uh, people vomiting 
it's not, probably not a big deal. So, um, anyway, we got the 30Ks done. We're all, um, we're ticking away. We're squaring away. We've only got a few weeks to go and, uh, hopefully it all happens. It's been a four and a half years of this shit. So anyway, onto the Twitter questions. Uh, Freer Crude, Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Yeah. I, Tim Kelly shouldn't. I don't, he doesn't hit any metrics for me. He, he's one of those guys. Like danger, they don't really hit any amazing metrics, so you don't like he should be good, right? He should be good, less he gets massive attention. I, I, I think these are the seasons from Kelly you should be getting. So I'm not, I'm not convinced he's a regression candidate um, per se. Uh, and Nick Martin's finish bit concerning. Yeah, that's that's a role change. He was spending far more time forward than he was at the start of the year. I'm not not 100% sure why that happened, but it did. And these things do happen. Uh, Listener League update badly needed. Well, I lost in the NFL Listener League, so who who gives a shit? That's all that matters. Real Oogie Boogie Bush, Jed Anderson and Jed Anderson were tipped by some... <laughs> Mostly XO. That's why we had to kick him off. Johnny can't come back after this. Top 25 forward. Uh, what chance of either of the Jeds being on a list in 2024? It's, it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. Uh, and he had a great little bit of song clip there. So that was great. Uh, Ninja Spoon, the pride of Portland. The pride of Portland's an interesting one. He brained it this year. And that's, I think that's kind of who he is if that's the role he plays. Uh, Ninja also says, just to feel a dual ruck resting forward role might be on the cards for the Saints. I agree uh, that it is on the cards. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm probably not super high on the pride of Paul. And it looks like there'll be some ruck moves in the trade period this year. So, I think ruck is probably going to be a position you can punt pretty easily, especially as like GWS seems to have cleared up like we sort of hummed and hard about Proust. Looks like Briggs is just good to go, man. Max Gorn should be freed up from Grundy. Grundy should be free. If he's not a forward, he's obviously going to be a rock, a, a lock for a good rock pick. Uh, Tim English still killing it. Uh, don't know about this Jordan Sweet guy, but, you know, whatever. We'll see. So, I mean, there's, I mean, there's going to be a lot of rock options, I feel. Uh, but yeah, Rowan Marshall... It's hard to get excited if, um, what's his name, Hayes is, Hayes is good to go. So I'm kind of with you, Ninja. But I don't think that's his talent. That's just role more than anything. Greg, would love an NFL Listener League draft update. I, no one wants to know this shit, Greg. Fuck off. Come on, calm down. Miller time, two times. Yeah, I did spew two times. You stole my, stole my material, Miller. Jaden Dawson, Jordan Dawson's second half of the year is a much more accurate look than his first. It's um, it's always funny the the big splits in a season and and which which half do you trust? Um, do you trust a big finish to the year? Like Hayden, you know, Flanders and Hayden Young are probably great examples. I'd trust Flanders. Young, I'm pretty cagey about. Uh, although he might score better in defense, to be honest. So, um, Jordan Dawson was obviously just absolutely, I mean, he was fucking great all year. He was guns blazing early days. I mean, he didn't really slow down. What he had like three nineties in, 
Four nineties in the last bit of the year. Whew, terrible. What a spud. At one, like two eighties and two scores under ninety one for the whole year and didn't miss a game. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> fucking good. It'll be mid only though, so I don't know. Uh, Matt, Ollie Wines. Maybe that's some positive regression on, uh, Ollie Wines. Uh, he really got shifted out of that midfield. I'm, it's tough to be excited about a player like Ollie Wines at this point. Good for him for winning the Brownlow. That is incredible. And Michael says, Luke Ryan. Well, we sort of talked about Luke Ryan briefly and everything was kind of brief because I think that's how we're going to roll this pod moving forward. Just a bit shorter, a bit sharper, unless it's going to be a conversational back and forth with someone else. That's the facts. Sicily, Ryan, Matt Rowell, and even a smidgy little bit of Errol Goulden set for regression next year. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman.